is our provision for the vision. And, and so I've, I've put together a message and it's a preach about building his house, about building the, the house of God. And I've entitled it, Live Building His House. You know, the, the word God gave us for our year, our word from God for, for our year is to live. And, and we've had all these messages about living, about standing up, about stepping out and about living out the God-given potential and purpose and calling on our lives. And we're going to continue that this morning. We're going to keep on doing what God has asked us to do. It, it, it is hard. It's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy to, to become a laborer for Jesus Christ. But doing life with Jesus is so much better than doing life without Him. That, that, that day is going to come where we're going to stand before Him and we're going to enter into His presence. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I look forward to that day, but also look forward to tomorrow. I look forward to, to Tuesday. I look forward to what God's going to use me to do for the people around me. You know, the enemy is not going to win. Amen? Come on, the enemy is not going to win. Jesus is victorious. Come on, that, that we need, to, we need to, to be firm and, and convicted about that, that. That's a truth, that the enemy is not going to win. We will see people saved. We will see the church of Jesus explode. We will see revival in our land. We will see people coming back to God. We're going to see prodigals coming back. We're going to see the, the rich young rulers entering in. We're going to see the, the people in the marketplaces coming. We are going to see revival in our families and in our neighborhoods. You know, the, 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 the vision for this place is not only to see this place completed, but also I want to see us to, to become the owners of this whole complex. But not just to stop there, but to, to see this place become a hub for the community. Like I said, we don't, have to, we don't have to wait for other places to come available. Like We need to start right now and doing all the things that God has asked us to do. And it takes all of us to do our part to become the right tool in the hand of God. You know, all of us have different gifts. We, some of us attract people really easily. Some of us are, are great at gathering, and, we're, and that might be a gift of leadership or it might be a gift of evangelism. Some of us are, are amazing at gift-giving, encouraging words of affirmation, just being exhorters. Those are gifts. Some people are incredible at acts of service. Like to do something with their hands is just, it makes their smile, you know, light up the whole room. So some people are just great at giving people prophetic words or, or doing all those different things. Whatever you enjoy, generally that is the gift that God has placed on your life. And as we use those gifts, as we add those gifts to the body, the body grows. You see, the church is the bride of Christ. We matter so much to Him. We matter so much to Jesus. You and I are His bride. He's working on us. He initiates and perfects us. He's causing us to become this spotless, pure land, this, this bride that He's going to come back for. There's going to be a wedding feast. There's going to be a party. There's going to be time to rejoice together. But today is the day where we build. Today is the day where we labor Jesus said, he looked down, he said, the harvest is ready. 
Come on, that harvest has been ready since Jesus said it was ready over 2,000 years ago, amen? Like the harvest is ready. What he said is, I want laborers. I want people willing to labor in the kingdom of God. Today we've, we've given, but that's only one way of building the house of God. You know, the, the church is the people, yes. But this, this is like the family home. When you welcome someone over to your home, you open up the door you know, you've cleaned it up, you've made it look presentable, you know, you, you've shoved all the kids' toys away in the cupboard as much as you can, and, or maybe you've contained it to the kids' room, and, you know, you've wiped down the bench maybe twice instead of once, and you've got the kettle already boiled, pre-boiled, and it's exciting to have people over your home and to, to show them hospitality and to host them. And that's what we do here. This is our gathering place. This is, this is where we come and we gather and, you know, we've invested into it. But there's lots of different ways. You know, God in our tithe asks us to give back to Him a portion of what He has blessed us with to release the blessing of God over our finances. But that's the tithe. There's also the offerings that the Bible talks about, the offering of, for the roaming minister to, to show them double honour, the, the offering for the buildings, the, the offering for, for missions, local and global. There's all these different offerings that God has asked us to do. It's practical. It's a practical way to build the house of God. It's like our working bees. Working bees are practical. We've got a working bee coming up that we've put on out at Warner to get that property ready for our church conference for the summit. We're going to have a working bee here soon. We're slowly acquiring all these things, like we've had the, the new toilet facility that's going to go over that side near the, the cafe. We had uh, some guys come in and, and completely gut it out and get it ready. We've picked up tiles now and all different things. We've got lots of painting to do and stuff like that. That's another practical way to build the house of God. You know, not only, uh, not only that, but there's 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 all different things that you and I can do to invest into His building. You see, the church is important to God. The church is important to God. It's one of the express reasons that He came, that Jesus came to the earth. It's, it's what He left on the earth as well to do the work that He asked us to do. He sent the disciples out. He said, go. Go and tell the world about me. Go and preach the good news. Get them baptized and teach them all of my ways and disciple them. And you see the early church, they went out there, no matter the cost, they went out there and they started preaching the good news, getting people baptized, planting churches in all these places all around Jerusalem and Samaria and Asia Minor and it spread from there. Just before Jesus went to heaven, he said, that's what I want you to do, to go out and to build my church. Build it and teach it and get it ready for me. Now, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 8, it says, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, he says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? Amen. You see, Jesus speaking to Peter here, he says, on this rock, on the rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ, I'm going I'm to build my church. I'm going to build my church. Jesus didn't mean on Peter. He didn't mean 
on Peter. You know, I've been in Jerusalem. I went there with my family many years ago, and uh, they say that where Jesus said that, there's this, there's this, you know, altar and all this crazy stuff built to built to monuments and stuff. And then over the there's a, there's the Church of Saint Peter, and it's it's built over where they think like Peter's home was. I don't know if any of you have seen the the Chosen series. Like they think that you know, so they've built a, a church right over there. But that's not what Jesus is talking about at all. He's talking about the revelation that Peter had about who Jesus was, that he was the Christ, that great mystery of Christ being being connected to us, his bride. On the revelation of Jesus, God wants to build his church. You see, coming, coming out of our home and gathering together is important. The word that Jesus used there for church was the Greek word ecclesia, which literally and simply means to leave your home and to gather together. Ecclesia, to leave your home and to gather together. You see it in the New Testament. Paul in Corinthians teaching the church how to come and to gather and how to do the corporate worship and the message and the time of fellowship after the service and communion and how to allow the gifts to flow and how to have order in the service. Ecclesia is to come out of your home and into this place, into his home, the gathering of the body. You see, God designed the church as a weapon as well. This place is a, it's a weapon against the, the darkness, the principalities and the powers out there. This is, a, this is a place of warfare. It's something to be used against hell. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Shall is a legal term. It means must not, cannot. Hell will not prevail against his church. And that's what you are here. You, you have gathered today in a place that hell cannot prevail against. Come on, that's exciting. That, that means that the plans and the schemes of the enemy over your lives and over the lives of the people around here, this place is in the face of that, that it's against that. It's a shield, it's a, it's a sword. Come on, hell will be plundered when the gathering of God's people is all about bringing heaven down to earth. You know, God's church done right puts hell on the defensive. It's like, in a, it's like in a game, I can imagine, you know, the, the church starting to go on the offense and, and like all, all of hell is screaming out, defense, defense. Like, well, they can scream that all they want, but come on, we're going to keep going on the offensive, amen? You know, Jesus says it doesn't prevail and hell must give up its people. I want us to keep on going until we see hell plundered and heaven populated with the people that Jesus loves. You know, the world might be in a COVID lockdown right now and half of our more than half of our people are in lockdown in this nation. But the fires of hell are still prevailing. The fires of hell are still prevailing. They're still burning. So the church has to continue to grow. The church has to continue to be a focus and to be built up, realizing its role of bringing people to a revelation of Jesus Christ. To live this year, we need to see His church built up. We need to see His church built up. You know, it's a, it's a church that I've seen time and time again, just the moving of God, people encountering the real Jesus, people encountering the love of God. You know, I often experience God, and I know many of you would experience God in all different places, in your home, in your, in your lounge rooms, in your cars, wherever you are, wherever you're engaging in your relationship with God, we encounter the presence of God, but there's something special about it when Jesus says, when two or three gather, when two or three, when there's a gathering of people in His name, He's like, I'm going to be there in the midst of you. 
because I want to be with you. When we experience that amazing redemptive power, when we experience that, that, that revelation of the, of the first love of, of Christ, when we see someone commit their life to Jesus, that, 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 is a, that is a treasure to behold. You know, if you've never had that privilege of leading someone to the Lord, I want to encourage you, make that a mission by the end of 2021. Like, don't wait for next year. Like, let, let's build his church this year. Like, share your testimony. Tell, tell them why you are a Christian. It can be as simple as that. Tell them, even if they don't, even if they don't believe in God, help them, help them to see why you believe in God Start to put some bait out there. Start to entice them. Trust me, I can promise you that when, when, they, when they come into that relationship with God, they're going to thank you. The only thing they'll be angry about is that you didn't tell them sooner about the relationship with Jesus Christ. Share your testimony. Look at what God has done already in your life and let's get it out there. Let's tell the, the Lord around us. You know, it's the church where I've heard God speak to me so many times. It's, it was at the, the front of an auditorium on a piece of carpet very similar to this that I heard God call me out of the marketplace and into pastoring. It was after three and a half months of this internal torment of, is this, is this your calling, God, or is this just a need? Because I don't believe a, a need constitutes a, a calling. We're all called. We've all got the calling of Christianity on our lives. But to, but to go full-time ministry, I wanted to know that it was God calling me into that, not just man. And I heard God clearly, it's, it's a church that I found my wife on that day at Warner in the cafe. It was fantastic. You might have like, don't say it again, Joe. You know, it's a church the, that the calling of so many people's lives is confirmed. That the, that the gifts of the body working together, it's a, it's a church that I've, I've been a part of miracles taking place. I've seen miracles performed. I remember praying for one guy. He's, he couldn't, he had to go on light duties because he'd, he'd fractured his wrist and, and it just wasn't healing for some reason. And so I just reached out. We've been at church for like two weeks and I reached out. I just, I just said, well, let's pray. And he's like, yeah, let's pray. Do you believe God can do it? Yep, believe God can do it. And so I prayed for his wrist and instantaneously he got healed. And he's looking at me like this. He's like, what did you do? <laughs> I, was like, I didn't do anything. I just prayed for you. You asked me to pray for you. He's like, what did you do? And he's like walking away. Me and my brother actually prayed for him that, that night at church. And he's like shaking his wrist. And he's like, he's literally getting further and further away from us. I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like God loves you. And God just wanted to show you that he's real. And he's healed you. You asked for it. He gave it to you. And he wasn't a Christian yet. I was like, this is awesome. How good is that? And uh, miracles. You know, some miracles that I've seen instantaneously, some I'm still believing for. But it's in church that I've been able to be a part of that. You know, when I first came to this church, it was back in 2011. My family, we'd just left the church on the south side. It was a church plant that we'd been helping for three years. And we just felt God say that that was time for us as a family to come back on the north side and, and go somewhere more locally. But also at the same time, my younger brother, the one just below me, uh, passed away from a sudden sickness three weeks before his 21st birthday. It was a crazy time for our family. It was difficult, it was hard. We went into 24-hour, round-the-clock prayer on rotation and believing that God would raise him from the dead and that didn't happen. We know where he is, but we believe that God's got a purpose in it all and that we're going to see the good come out of it. But it was because of that that 
We then, uh, Pastor Mark was put into contact with us through one of Dad's best friends. And we said, oh, you've got you to go talk to this Mark and Nina and, and they'll look after you and they'll, they'll give you a place for the, for the funeral. And so we, we went there and we met them and they just blessed us. They loved on us. They, like our story just touched them and they had the staff look after us and put on the, the, the funeral there for us at Warner and morning tea and just, just was so beautiful towards us, being the church. It was awesome and we were like, well, we need a new church. Let's check this church out. You know, we were going to check a few churches out. Let's check this one out. And uh, we've never left. We're still checking it out. Like over 10 years later, it's awesome. You know, all the things that I see that have come out of that, that God has used that situation for good in my life, in, in my brother's life, in my sister's life, in my other sister's life, like people getting married and, and all of my siblings finding purpose and calling and giftings and leadership and serving and, and just seeing the, the purpose of our family continue to grow. It's been awesome, but that was, that was because it was at the church. See, the church is important. One of the most important decisions that you will make is where you plant yourself into a church. You know, it doesn't have to be this church. It's just got to be the church. You've got to plant yourself into a part of the body of Jesus Christ. Because when, you, when, you, when you're connected to the vine, you can flourish. When you're planted, you can, you can flourish. When you're uprooted all the time, you, you get shallow roots and you, and you can't produce what God wants to produce on your life. But when you, when you let your roots go deep and you get connected, that's when you begin to truly flourish in your life. The Bible says that the church is his bride. What more powerful picture could God give than that? Than the intimacy between a man and his wife. That God would want a close relationship, a close covenant union between us like that. The church is the stratagem that Jesus set forth in motion to see the lost become found. It was his idea. And it's a great strategy and it still works today. You know, I was blown away recently. I, I, I made a remark here, and jo Josh isn't here today. I made a remark. I was like, you know, if you Google, uh, you know, how many Christians in the world right now, there's 2.2 billion Christians in the world. I'm like, it's awesome. You're a part of a big family. And Josh comes up to me at the end of the service. He's like, Pastor Joe, I Googled it. It's 2.4 billion. You got it wrong. Well, okay, well, I looked last year, and I'm like, that's awesome, though. Another 0.2 billion people in one year, Google says, have become Christian. I love that. What a great stat. They're not declaring that on the news, but hey, Google, Google will tell the truth sometimes. No, you, I don't need your help. My phone's asking, how can I help? Shh. The church is Jesus' stratagem. It's what he put in motion to see the lost become found. So I want to encourage you with a couple of points this morning to live building his house. We've already, we've already done one of them. You can, you can build by giving. You know, when we give, it releases the stronghold of money over our lives. Generosity always releases us from a hold of money. Being generous, giving to other people, it activates faith. It, it activates love. It, it, a conduit of heaven is developed and it causes a flow to come from God through us into the world around us. And you get to be a part of God moving the second way, and my first point that I want to dig into is you can build his house by coming, by prioritizing God. See, coming, if coming isn't a priority, then you'll never build his house. 
you've got to make it a priority. You've actually got to leave your house to be the church. Like Jesus said, Ecclesia. You know, people ask, oh, do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Well, no, maybe not. But can you really do what God has asked you to do? Can you, can you, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm just watching church online, Pastor. Well, are you bringing people over your home? I mean, if you're bringing people over your home and watching church together, then, you know, that'd be one step further. That'd be awesome and having fellowship time and praying for each other and, you know, causing the gifts of God to be invoked. That'd be awesome. But the whole point of church is to, to gather together, to not forsake the gathering to think of ways, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, to think of ways to encourage each other and spur each other on in good works. In good works and in acts of love. And it says, then the very next verse, 24 and 25, then says to, to think of ways and then when you gather, then use those thoughts that you've thought about each other and encourage each other to do the acts of love and the good works. You know, first of all, when people get saved, where do you bring them? Bring them to church. Connect them in to the body of God. When God rebuked the servant who buried his talent, he said, at least you could have put it in with the bankers. At least you could have put it in with the bankers. You know, you, you may not be, you know, thinking that you're doing a, a great service in the house of God, but literally just by coming and gathering, you're putting your money in the bank, so to speak. As Jesus said, you're coming and you're adding to the body, you're adding to the room. You know, from there, that's not where God wants you to stop, but Jesus is saying, at least do that. At least gather, at least come and build the body of Jesus Christ. It's priority. We need to prioritize it. Matthew 6, Jesus asked us to seek first the kingdom of God. Not, not in spite of everything else that we should be doing, not despite of everything else that we should be doing, but, but above it, first, seek the kingdom of God. We need to prioritize God in our lives. First things first. My next point is this, to build his house, we build his house by, by serving, by being involved, by engaging with God, to become a tool in the hand of our master builder. You know, I know, I know we bang on about this a lot, but when God saved you, he didn't just want you. He saved you with other people in mind. You know people I don't know. I know people you don't know. God, God doesn't want it to just stop with us. He saved us so that it would do something else. We're a family, and like all family, there are roles, there's chores, there's responsibilities. Like, this doesn't just happen. People get here early, they set up, they clean. The, you know, the, the youth on Friday get here, set up, run the program, clean, pack up. You know, all of our other things that we, we do, life groups, we, we put together. You know, people come over to people's homes and worship and share and plate together and get into a Bible study. But that takes people being willing to serve. 1 Peter 4 tells us that God has given each of us those special gifts by His grace and their gifts to serve one another. You know, Mary and Martha teach us about serving. There, there's a time to be, to be Mary seated at the feet of Jesus. Jesus said she's chosen a good thing. But that's, that's not where Jesus stayed, so Mary wouldn't have stayed there either. Like, Martha was also doing a good thing. There's seasons sometimes for serving, but also for receiving. But knowing, seeking, and desiring Jesus must be our goal. Always leading to serving. Serving His house and serving one another. You know, Jesus said, if you, if you want to be a leader, become a slave. If you want to be first, 
put yourself last. Prioritize one another over yourself. We're connected to each other, and it's through serving that we strengthen that connection. You know, you can, you can serve one another, but if you get on a team, for example, well, now you're starting to, to work side by side, and you're starting to, you know, sometimes friction gets caused in families, amen? Like, you know, when you're rubbing up against each other, sometimes that can go the wrong way, but we're family. We get through that. We, 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 we love, we forgive, we make allowance for each other's faults, and we, we keep moving on with the, keeping the main game the main game. You know, if all, if all you were to do was to, to just attend, then, then that's all, that's sort of the, as much as you're going to also be a part of. But once you then take that next step into serving, it unlocks the next part of God's journey on your life. The next point is this, we build his house through prayer and encounter. See, the church is a spiritual organization. It's not just a club. It's not just a place to hang out. It's not a, you know, come, feel good, get blessed and go home sort of place. Like, this is a place of action. It's a place of warfare. It's, it's moving. It's constantly growing. There's, it's a spiritual organization. We come together as God's organization to plunder hell, to be a place where someone can encounter God. As God says in 1 Corinthians, he says, surely God is in this place. Now, I want you to enjoy church. I want you to enjoy church. I want you to... I want you to find this place, a place of comfort for yourself where the Holy Spirit can, can, can love on you, but also a place of conviction and, and challenge where the Holy Spirit can draw out of you what God wants you to do. And it's in that prayer and encounter that, that those conversations happen with God. And I want this place to be that place where, where you can get on your knees, you can worship Him, you can experience the presence of your Heavenly Father. You know, the band is a massive part. Like, in the Old Testament, they'd send the band before the army, you know, and that's what we do. We come in and we, we praise. You know, praise sometimes is uncomfortable, but it's designed that way. It's to get you stirred up and to praise God, to put on a sacrifice of praise, no matter what. I, you know what, my week might have been like this, and, but I'm going to praise Him right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put God on the throne right now. And, and we do that intentionally to then get into that place of worship. It's like the way we pray. Jesus said first, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. God, you're the God that parts the Red Sea. God, you're the God that raises the dead. God, you're the, the God that performs miracles and does these. What does that do? It builds faith. Praise gets your, gets your flesh out of the way and it gets your, your spirit activated for the morning at church. And then we enter into his, into his presence in worship. And then we enter into the Word of God. It's about laying that foundation, about getting the, the, the band out the front of the army. I want you to, I want you to, to start to, to seek a little more, to start knocking on the, the heart of God, you know, to start to, to say, God, what do you want for me? In worship, engage in, in your, your relationship with God. Pray to Him. Ask Him, God, what do you want to do today? What do you want to do through me today? What, what do you want? And that's... That's how we do church. We build his church through prayer and encounter. The well is here. God has given us a well. We've got to drink it. It's like that old saying, you can take a horse for water, but you can't make the horse drink it. Well, I encourage you, drink. When you come and gather, drink from the well of God. You know, we've got our summit coming up. And uh, if you guys want to throw the, the dates up there, this is, this is another time 
where we gather together for an extended period of time, though. It's like a, it's like a camp. It's like family camp. It's like youth camp for the whole family. It's a mountaintop experience. It's like when Jesus went up to the mountaintop to be transfigured. This is, this is our time in the year to, to get away from life. Just go up and spend a, spend a moment, pause for a moment, spend three nights and two days in the presence of God to, to prioritize an encounter with Him. We worship Him. We pray. We connect with our loving Father. We build God's house through those encounters and through the prayer. And prayer is important. It's not a cliche statement. Prayer is so, so important. We've got prayer meetings coming up for this very thing. If you want to flick to that next slide for me. Thanks, guys. You know, we're going to have prayer meetings happening morning and night. We've got the Morayfield ones here. They're going to be happening on Thursday. We've got uh, next Thursday, we've got a worship and prayer night here, the first Thursday of every month. And uh, then we're going to keep it going for the rest of September because I want us to... I want us to gather together in prayer just for an hour here on a Thursday night, six till seven, and just, just beseech heaven. Ask God to, to, to show up for us at the summit in a powerful way and just to, to start to lay that foundation of prayer. It's like the, Jesus told his, his disciples, hey, come, come and watch and pray with me. Like there's, there is purpose behind prayer and gathering together in, and praying. It, it unlocks something. There's power in agreement when we pray. You can pray by yourself, yes, but, but there's an additional power in the power of agreement. And so I want to encourage you to come out to those. You can jump back to our, our preach slides there. Prayer isn't for God, it's for us. Prayer, prayer does not benefit God. God asks us to pray because it benefits us. Like, like all of our relationship with God, it's not for Him. He doesn't need our prayers. He knows what we want before we even pray them. It's for us. Prayer is important. You know, don't, don't think that your prayer adds to God, it like makes it more spiritual or something. No, no, it adds to you. Prayer adds to you. Prayer shows where you believe the power is in and it, and it, it starts to build that faith within you. Prayer shows humility because you demonstrate that you are reliant on God. It, it, prayer shows the, the direction and the conviction of your heart. Jesus said a natural father wouldn't give a stone to his son who asked for a piece of bread. So how much more will his heavenly father give of the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we're going to ask. We're going to pray together and ask God for the summer. We're going to continue to pray together and ask God for things for this place and for, for our families and for our region. My next point is this, we build his house by loving one another. You know, loving one another is incredibly, incredibly important in the house of God. Jesus said, by this they will know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. You know, loving people can be difficult. Loving, loving people can be difficult. But as we become more selfless, as we become more like Christ, the, the Bible shows us how to love. It says, it says to let love cover a multitude of sins. It, it says to, to make allowance for one another's faults. It, it says to, to first deal with the plank in your own eye before you worry about the speck. In your brother's eye, love of one another is allowing the love of God to flow and not block that love, to not be a, 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 a blocker of the flow of the love from God. You know, love fosters forgiveness 
Love creates kindness. Love nurtures belonging. Love promotes unity. Love is opposite of what people experience in the world. And so when true love is shown, when the love of Christ is shown among God's people, it's incredibly attractive. People want in. Go, wow, man, like, look how you love your fellow man. I'm not even just talking about the people here today in the family of God, but people around us. You know, maybe, maybe the, the loving of one another is your next area to, to build the church, to start to step out there and, and start to go, hey, what's your name? Oh, my name's this, and start to build a connection because only through that connection will that love be able to begin to flow. I want to encourage you, be friendly. Let's be easy to talk to. You know, let's ask questions and let's allow questions to be, to be asked of us. Let's have a, an inviting culture. Hey, come and, come and have a coffee with me. Sit down at this table and, you know, what, what do you do Monday to Friday? Just simple questions like this to, to start to engage in the family of God. You know, let's go do something this week. Hey, would you, would you like to come around to my home or, you know, do you want to go and, you know, play some sport together or something? Whatever you want to do to engage in that relationship. You know, the opposite hurts. Gossip, judgment, tale-telling lies, anger, competition, arrogance, selfishness, penance, accusation, many other things. That, that, they have a horrible sound. They're not attractive. They shouldn't be in the family of God. It's like, can you imagine uh, someone grabbing nails and just pulling them down a blackboard? Oh, man. Or like polystyrene foam, just like, like squeezing. It's awful. Like, it's a sound you just don't want to have to, have to hear. That, that's, you know, don't let that come out. That, that, those sorts of things are, should be foreign to the family of God. You know, there, there's, there's probably not a Sunday that goes by when we don't have someone new come and check out the body of God. And not even just in this church, but every church around. Let's, let's encourage them to check it out, but, to, but not just check it out, but to connect to get connected and to stay connected, to become a part of the, the family of God. It's through preferring one another above ourselves that we build His house. The last way, my last point, is probably the most important, is that we build His house by bringing. We need to be bringers, to be a people that brings someone. You know, th- this is, th- this is du- the direction of the church. This is, w- this is what God wants the church to be about, you know, we need to, you know, there's people here to, there's, sorry, there's people that aren't here today that are a part of us. Tell them you missed them. Don't just think about them. Put action to those thoughts and flick them a message and say, hey, I missed you at church today. How you going? Do you need anything? Do you need some food or some prayer or, you know, hey, I just hope you have a great week. Message. You know, don't, don't wait for someone to message you. Reach out yourself. You know, the, the current attendees, you know, people in your families that used to know God and maybe have walked away. Let's be people that bring those people, but also let's be people that bring the, the unsaved, the ones that don't know God yet, the ones that have never known God. Let's be a people that bring those people. You know, this, this can be scary. It can be scary to reach out. It can be scary to, to you know, uh, the word evangelism can really scare people. But just share your story. Just start to open up it. You might be able to get someone from from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock. You might be able to get someone from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. You you don't have to get someone saved. It might just be about you planted a seed that day. 
You know, Paul said, I planted polis water, but it was God that brought the increase. Just see, see how you can get someone closer to coming and connecting to the house of God. And there's so many ways that we can do that, but we need to make sure that we do prioritize bringing people to the house. That's how the house will truly grow. That's how we can focus on building his house the most. The church is built on the revelation of who Jesus is. It's revealed to someone by heaven. It's not, it's not your job to save them. It's just your job to be able to explain God to them. Just show a little bit of who God is to you. Heaven's job is to do the rest. The Holy Spirit's job is to do the, the conviction and the saving. That's His job. We do our part. We do the bringing and let God do the saving. I get the band to come back up, please. And I want you to ask God for divine appointments. I want you to ask God, actually ask God, God, give me an opportunity. God, give me an opportunity to be a bringer. Actually ask the Holy Spirit for an opportunity this week. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, say, God, I want an opportunity to be a bringer. And I want you to expect that that's going to happen. I want you to pray it and pray it with faith. Because it might be a whole lot easier than you think. I remember many years ago, <laughs> the first time I was, I was on a skateboard at a skate park on the top of a skate bowl <laughs> and uh, this thing had a decent drop. And man, it's scary. It's just that first leaning as you lean into it. It was like the first time I went snowboarding. I was freaked out. I hated heights. The chairlift was like, it's freaking out. I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> Once I got up to the top of that mountain, I strapped in and I put the board on. I fell over a bunch of times. <laughs> But once I started to go and I just started to, I had to learn to lean into the corner because if you lean back, it shoots you out and it's scary. You go, you go somewhere where you, where you probably weren't really meant to go. But as I leant in, it was scary. It was a little bit of fear. As I leant in, it was smooth then to turn around the corners. I had control. I want to encourage you to ask God this, this week, God, help me, help me to have an opportunity. Help me to, help me to start praying for my lunch again in the, prayer, in the lunch room prayer room. That'd be cool. Turn the lunchroom prayer room. Start to show your light. Start to allow that attractiveness to flow. Come on, you've got what they are looking for. You have the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of you. You carry that presence and you, as you walk around, you've got the opportunity to look up the trees and say, hey Zacchaeus, come on down. I want to I want to have dinner with you tonight. Come on, open up your lives, open up your hearts and say, I'm going to be a bringer. I'm going to build his house by being a bringer. You know, it, it, just set yourself a goal. Just, just invite someone by the end of 2021. Don't get crazy. If you want to, awesome, go for it. Start praying for your whole workplace. Get there early, walk around, lay hands on those chairs and spin around in Jesus' name. And man, you're going to come to church and get to school early and start to, start to pray over the whole place. And, but even just one would be awesome just to invite one and if they don't come that's okay that's, it's not your job to get them here it's your job to invite them to to come here maybe you do need to to go that little bit further though maybe they are scared of coming to church maybe you need to to lay hands on one of the chairs in your car and say god give me opportunity this week to get someone to to get in this car with me i'm going to pick them up and i'm going to take them to church sometimes that's what it would take that someone would grab them by the hand and say do you want to come with me i'll pick you up it could be scary to come to a to a church 
to a, a facility at Morayfield. Like, it can be scary to go to a place of, oh, I don't know anyone. Well, you know me now. Would you like me to come and pick you up and we'll go to church together? Ask God for divine appointments and expect God to send you someone. Who knows who they will be to you? They could become a business partner for you. They could become your next best friend. You have no idea the potential of what God would do. Would you stand with me as I close this morning? And I want us to do something a little bit different today. We're actually going to pray a corporate prayer together. Just before we do that, I want to recap. I want to encourage you to prioritize, to seek first the kingdom of God, to to prioritize the building of His house, to build His house by giving, to build His house by coming, to build His house by serving, to build His house by praying, to build His house by loving, and to build His house by bringing. You know, today I think it's the perfect day to just make a fresh commitment to the house of God. To say, God, I want to prioritize your house. I want to prioritize the bride of Christ. I want to prioritize the church. And so what I want you to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pray a prayer and I want to invite you to pray this out with a bit of gusto and conviction and say, yeah, God, I, I, you know what, God, I, maybe I haven't been prioritizing you in my life recently. Maybe I haven't been prioritizing what you've asked me to do. But God, today I commit afresh to prioritizing you. So I want you to, want you to repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for your church. I commit afresh to build your church through my giving and my coming, through my serving and my praying, through my loving and my bringing. God, I ask you to use Emerge Church, to use your church, to use me as a weapon against hell, to see many people come to Christ and many people discipled into Christ. Let this place be full of thirsty people at an eternal life-giving well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you this morning? Would you close your eyes? Lord God, I thank you so much that you love us that you created us because you love us, you came back for us because you want us. And Lord God, I ask that, Lord, that the, the message today would go deeply into our spirits. And God, that we would be your church. Lord, that we would be your hands and feet, that we would be the laborers in the kingdom of God. God, I ask that there'd be a releasing of gifts over our lives. Lord, that we'd, be, we'd become evangelists and prayer warriors and leaders and servers. And God, that we would, we would see the, the love from heaven flow through us and around us, God, into the people that we do life with. God, help us to be bringers into your house. Help us to put your house first, I pray. God, I ask that there would be testimonies flowing in our lives by the end of this year. God, that we would have a testimony of of health, a testimony of breakthrough. God, a testimony of salvation with our family or our friends, I pray. And I ask that that would be released over us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.